This morning, I want to look at, very briefly, the characteristics of a child of God, things that stand out in the life of a child of God. Could we turn to 1 John chapter 4, please? 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And that is this spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard, that it should come even now already, is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify the Father sent the Son to be the Saviour of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath, not, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. And just one verse, it's 1 John chapter 3, and the verse first. Behold, what manner of love 
the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And we know the Lord will bless this reading of his own infallible word. Could we turn for a word of prayer before we return to God's work? O God, our Father in heaven, as we come into your holy presence this morning, Lord, we would remember especially Alice and Joel. Lord, comfort them in the loss of this little one. And Lord, we thank thee that you are the God of all comfort. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless and undertake. Bless the whole family circle. Be with them today. And Lord, may they realize that you're with them. You'll never leave them nor forsake them. And comfort them, I pray. Now, Lord, as we turn to your word, hide me behind the cross. May none be seen but Jesus only. Lord, I need your help this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll speak through me and speak loudly, we pray, for we ask it all in your wonderful name. Amen. You know, as a child of God, we should have likeness to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's many times when I'm out walking with my son, David, people would come up to me and say, Tom, you look, or David, you look like your dad. I don't know whether David's happy with that or not, but uh, they would say that. But you know, if you're a child of God, there are certain marks in your life that should easily be found to show that you are a child of God. It doesn't mean that you need these marks to be a child of God, but it shows that you are a child of God. Not everyone who say he or she is a Christian are a Christian. We read in 1 John 2 and 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. You know, there are many people in the world today and they identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, some of them are very charming and winsome, just like Judas. Judas was one of the disciples, but it turned out that he was uh, not a believer at all. He was an enemy to the gospel. Brothers and sisters, this morning, as we look at these characteristics that you'd be in a child of God, I want you to search your heart as God searched my heart as I read this this morning. Have you got these marks in your life today as a child of God? The first birthmark I want to look at this morning is the birthmark of obedience. The birthmark of obedience. Do you have it in your heart? Have you the birthmark of obedience in your life? Obedience is not simply doing the will of God. It is delighting in doing the will of God. I want to say that again. Obedience is not simply delighting in the word of God. It is doing the word of God. What a wonderful birthmark this is. There are many people who say they are Christians, but have no desire to obey the Lord. When the Lord speaks to them, they have no obedience to him. We read in 1 John 2 and verse 3, 
And where and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, also should walk in him. As I thought of this obedience in a Christian's life, I asked the Holy Spirit to show me some person in the Bible whose life was stamped with obedience. And you know, friends, I didn't have to go far in the Bible until I found a man called Abraham. Abraham was a man whose life was stamped with obedience. One day the Lord came to him. And by the way, this man was brought up as an idol worshiper. And you know, this encourages me that God can save anybody. God didn't go to some religious house. He didn't go to some religious place. He went to a man who, uh, who worshipped idols, and he became a man of God. But you know, this man's life was stumped with obedience. The Lord said to him one day, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave uh, where you live. I want you to go to a place that I'll show you. You know, he didn't say, Lord, can I not stay here in my own country? Can I not do a work in my own country? His life was stamped with obedience. The Bible tells us that he was obedient to the call of God. He was willing to go. Why was he willing to go? He was willing to go because the promises of God were given to him. God told him that he would, uh, that he would look after him. God told him that he'd be with him. God told him wherever he would go. And he told him that out of him would become a great na nation. We also remember his obedience. Can you imagine how Abraham felt when the Lord came to him one morning and said, I want you to take your son, your only son, the one that you have been praying for for many years. I want you to take him and I want you to slay him on the altar. I'm sure again this man could have said, Lord, do you not mean I have to bring a lamb? Do you not mean I have to bring a ram or bring someone else? You want me to slay my son? You seen how he was? He went with his son. He was about to plunge the knife into the son. And the, the Lord said, stay your hand. Why was he so obedient? Because he realized the promises of God. God told him, that Isaac would be used to make a great nation of Israel. And that's the reason he knew, he knew that God, if he had a stuck that knife into him, that God would have raised him up from the, the dead. This man's life was stumped with obedience. But you know, as I was thinking, there was another man, a man called Jonah. And God went to Jonah and he said, Jonah, I want you to do a, a job for me. I want you to go to Nineveh to preach the word. But the Bible tells me that Jonah ran away. He ran away from God. He had a disobedient heart. And the Bible tells us how he went onto the, the boat and how the boat, he was thrown over into the fish's belly. 
But you know what a gracious, long-suffering Lord we have. Because the Bible says the word of God came to Jonah the second time. And that disobedient heart became a heart of obedience. And he went and he done a mighty work. Child of God, can I challenge you this morning? As God has challenged me, have you an obedient heart? Is the Lord speaking to you this morning? Has he been speaking to you through his word? Has he been challenging you to do a work for him? You know, we have many things in this church that you could help with. We, we need help in Sunday Row with the children's work. We need help with the children's work on a Monday night. Morris and Ian needs help with the, the outreach on a Tuesday. There's the mothers and toddlers. There's other things. Is God challenging you uh, to do something for him in this church? Uh, will you have an obedient heart and be obedient to the call? Maybe he's pointing his finger that something is not right in your life. He's shown you that there's something that you need to, to, to repent of. There's something you need to change in your life. Have you an obedient heart? Are you obedient when God speaks to you through his word? You say to me, Tommy, how does God speak? He speaks through his word. He speaks through uh, uh, those who preach the word. Friends, this morning, have you got an obedient heart? Are you like this man, Joel? Or like this man, uh, uh, Noah, who ran away from, from the Lord? The birthmark of obedience. But you know, the second one is the birthmark of love. We read in 1 John 3 and 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whosoever hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother hath need, and shutteth up his, his uh, will of compassion for him, dwelleth the love of God. You know, the Bible tells us in John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. God loved a world that rejected his son. God loved a world that rebelled against him. He loved the world. When I look at that first John 3 and 16, for God so loved, there we see the greatest ever love that came into this world that he gave his only begotten son. There we see the greatest gift given to this world, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. There we see the greatest ever salvation. Tell me, friends, child of God, have you this birthmark of love? Do you love the work of God? One of the greatest things the Bible tells us we have to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. It's a command. 
It's a command that we have to love the Lord our God with all our soul and with all our mind. Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul? Do you have a love for the lost? Have you prayed this morning for the lost? Have you prayed for members of your family, <coughs> excuse me, who are another Lord's Day closer to a Christless eternity? Have you got a love for your brothers and sisters? Have you gone and put your arm around someone who has lost a loved one? Or someone who's got bad news from the doctor? Are you praying for them? Do you love them? And do you go and encourage them? Have you a love for the work of God? Do you pray for the work of God? Do you pray for all the works in this house? There's so many works in this house. Do you pray for the servant of God? Do you pray for Dr. Brown and his family, especially at this time? Do you have that love? Again, I thought, Lord, show me in the Bible someone whose life was stamped with love. And it came into my mind about a little maid. We're not told her name, (coughs) but Naaman, that great general, went down into Israel one time and he took this little maid away. He took her away as a hostage, took her away as a slave, took her away from her family, took her away from her parents, and she was put into his house to serve as a maid. This man, Naaman, had that terrible disease of leprosy. And this little maid knew about this. You know, she could have held resentment. She could have said, it serves him right. He took me away from my family. He took me away from my loved ones. It serves him right. He has this leprosy. But you know, she had a love for this man. And she told his wife, if he would go to God's servant, God's servant would heal him. And you know the story, how he went and dipped seven times in Jordan, and he was healed. Oh, friends, have you got this love in your heart? Are you, uh, is your, have this birthmark of love for the work of God? There was a little shepherd boy out in, in Scotland, and one night he knew that the, the, the storm was coming in. He knew his dad was coming up in the overnight sleeper train from, Scott, from, Glas- from London to Glasgow. The little shepherd boy got his sheep and he put them into the sheepfold. He made sure that they were safe. He went home uh, that night and as he lay in bed, he heard the winds howling. He heard the rain coming down. His thoughts were for his sheep and his thoughts were for his dad on the train traveling. His dad was the driver of the train. The next morning he woke up and he went down to look at his sheep and the sheep were all fine. But he looked and he saw the bridge where the train would go across would be, has been washed away. The little boy started to run down the line and he saw the train coming and he waved his hands and his dad, who was the driver, pulled up the brakes as hard as he could. But the train hit the little boy and he was killed. Of course, people were falling in the train and they came up to the the driver and said, what have you done? There's a lot of people injured in this train. 
The driver walked him up to his little son that was lying dead. And he says, my son, give us life that you (coughs) might live. You know, friends, this morning, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. God says this morning, I give my son that you might live. That driver said, I give my son that you might live. Tell me, have you got this love in your heart? The third birthmark is the birthmark of the Holy Spirit. In 1 John 4 and 13, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, just like you know people in your life, and you can call them by name, and you can get well acquainted with some of them. We need to be acquainted with the person of the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit? This is the birthmark of the believer. His indwelling presence is a birthmark of the true believer. There are other religions and other people who talk about God and talk about religious experiences. They never talk about the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to enable them to live the Christian life. They do not talk about being filled with the Spirit. They know nothing of salvation, the new birth, or receiving the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Tell me, believer, this morning, have you got the Holy Spirit in your life? George Mueller, that great preacher, went to have a mission one day in in Bristol. The place was packed, and there was an atheist in that meeting. And he said, I'm going to wreck this meeting. I'm going to destroy this man, this man, Mueller. Mueller got up to speak, and a little child started to cry. And you know how a little child can cry. And of course, the place was packed, and the mother was getting up to try and get her way out. Mueller said, dear, just you sit there. I'm going to pray. And Mueller prayed, and he said, Lord, there's many unsaved in this meeting. You've sent me to preach the word. (coughs) And there's many here. Lord, just quieten this little child down so I can preach the word. When he opened his eyes, that little child was asleep and he was able to preach. Who was the first person to get saved? The man who said he had come to wreck the meeting. People asked this man afterwards, you said you came to wreck the meeting. What changed your mind? He says it was that man, that preacher. There's something about him. There's something about him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Lord used him. Child of God, we can do nothing for God unless we're filled with the Holy Spirit. But to the fourth birth of Mark, I want to look at this morning is the witness within. Have you the witness within that you're a child of God? Have you that witness within that you're a child of God and that you're walking with him? 
1 John 5 and 9 says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. When we trust the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit comes uh, to abide in us. He becomes a witness within. The Lord lives in each believer and provides assurance that we are his through divine witness. The Bible tells us in Colossians 1 and 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That old hymn, he abides, he abides. Hallelujah, he abides with me. I'm so happy night and day as I walk the pilgrim way for the comforter abides with me. Does he abide with you this morning? George Guthrie, the author of Safety, Certainty and Enjoyment, was riding his bicycle through the, the lower part of England. And all of a sudden, the witness within made him shout out, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And then it said to him again, Shout it out again. And he shouted out, Behold the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sin of the world. Many years later, this man, Guthrie, was doing door-to-door work. And he knocked the door of this house and he told the lady he was here to present the gospel. And she said, Sir, I'm a Christian. Can I tell you how I got saved? She said, One night I was in the meeting and I knew I should have got saved, but I went home. And she said, I was putting the the washing on the line and all of a sudden there was something shouted, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And she said, I shot a prayer to heaven, and if this is for me, may it come again. And she said, it came again. And Guthrie was able to tell her that he was the man that brought that, uh, that first scripture. Child of God, you can do nothing without having the witness of God within you. The final one I'd want to look at this morning is the birthmark of prayer. The birthmark of prayer. God hears and answers the prayers of his children. Each child of God has the privilege of talking regularly through prayer to their Heavenly Father. Have you the birthmark of prayer? Are you a prayerful Christian? Can you be called a prayer warrior in the church? I remember in the wee church down the road. I remember Dr. Paisley used to say to me, Tommy, there are prayer warriors that I can approach and ask them to pray. I remember many times him and me in the car, and as we were driving along, he would pray. And then he would say to me, you pray. And I say, Brother Hagen, I pray I'm driving. He says, pray with your eyes open. And I pray it as well. But you know, friends, this morning, can Mr. Brown approach you and say, pray for something? Can I approach you? Can you approach anybody else and and say, you are a prayer warrior? Though we profess to know the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we really have no Christian life without the Bible and prayer. The Bible reveals God to us. Prayer brings God's power to us. You know, when the disciples were with the Lord, 
The Lord Jesus Christ was the greatest ever preacher that walked this earth. But the disciples didn't say, teach us to preach. They said, teach us to pray. Oh, friend, we need to pray. If we want to live a life, we need to pray. If we want to see God work in this church, we need to pray. If we want to see God work in our lives, work in our country, work in in all there is, we need to pray. If you want to see God work in your family, you need to pray. You need to be a prayer warrior. Show me a man or woman having results for their labors. I'll show you a man and woman who are praying people. We talked about Mueller and closing. Mueller needed to hide. He had no food for the breakfast of the children one morning. And Mueller got down on his knees and started to pray and said, Lord, I need food for the children. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, was preaching meetings in, that country, in Brazil as well, in Bristol as well. He went there to get money for his orphanage. And he'd done really well. He got something like 200 guineas. Spurgeon was on his knees at the same time as Mueller. And the Lord said to Spurgeon, I want you to go and give that money to Mueller. Spurgeon said, Lord, I need it for my people. I need it for my people. The Lord said, you go and give it. So Spurgeon made his way to Mueller's place. And when he walked in, Mueller was on his knees. And Mueller said, Charles, what are you doing here? And he told him the story. And he handed him the money. Spurgeon went home. And his wife asked him and said, Hi, uh, did you do at the meetings? And he said, well, and he told her the story. And she said, what are we going to do? We have no money for our people. And then she said, you know, there's a a letter here for you. And as he opened that letter, in that letter was 400 guineas. God had doubled because of his obedience. Tell me, friend, this morning, are you a prayerful Christian? Tell me, do you have these birthmarks in your life? Have you the birthmarks of obedience? Are you obedient to God's call? Have you the birthmark of love? Do you love the work of God? Have you the birthmark of the Holy Spirit? Have you a witness within? Are you a prayerful Christian? But maybe you're in this meeting this morning, or you're tuned in this morning, And you can't have these birthmarks. You're not a child of God. These birthmarks are only for a child of God. You need another birth. And it's it's a birth that the Lord Jesus told uh, that you need to be born again. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Oh friend, this morning, if you want to have these birthmarks in your life, You need to come and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be your saviour. Repent from your sin. Be cleansed and washed in the blood. Then you can claim these birthmarks. I pray that the Lord will bless this word to your heart this morning. 
as it spoke to my heart as well.